0: It's been an awesome summer, hasn't it? I hope that you've enjoyed this series head on a swivel. It's been great. It's just looking for opportunities in which God wants us to step out and be a representation as to to who he is. Uh, It's been a great teaching series. Most of our staff have played a role in that at some point or another. And uh, and then I came back and kind of just took it downhill from there. Uh, But uh, it's been a great time together. We're glad that you're here as we kind of wrap it up. Can I I tell them where we're headed next week starting next Sunday? Pastor Kyle, you think they can handle this? Next Sunday, we start a series entitled Word. Say Word. 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 We start a series entitled Word. We have a series of messages that are going to speak to particular people. Next, we're going to talk I've got a word for parents over the next few weeks I got a word for students over the next few weeks I got a word for single people in this next series we have a word for widows and widowers in this next series got a word for bald headed people just kidding just kidding next Sunday we're going to launch it I've got a word for the church and we're going to start there with the big word uh, for the church. And so we're excited and pray that you'll uh, make a commitment to join us as we launch into this new series, Word. I, by the way, I just real quickly, Pastor Robert. Where's pa- is Pastor Robert here? I saw him earlier. Um, Pastor Robert Chesser led this week a, 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 an incredible service. Opportunity. I love seeing a church in action. You know what I'm saying? This, this is fun. This is cool. But I'm telling you, what took place Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights at Champion High School in Cibolo Creek Elementary it was really cool. As uh, about 70 different people over those three days kind of went and spruced the, the, the flower beds and, and out the, the welcome areas outside up for for those school districts, the, the director of, of uh, operations, facility operations came by one day and said, hey, you guys are saving us hundreds of man hours by, 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 by doing this. And so uh, I, I want to give just, if I can, in front of you guys, a, just a special shout out to Pastor Robert Chester. Bart Byerly also played a major role. And uh, can we just show some honor in, in getting all of that organized? And, and for all of you guys as well that came and and sweat. You guys know, hey, y'all know it's six o'clock in Texas. It's still like 99 degrees. And we got our sweat on. It was, it was, it was awesome. And uh, thank you guys for being a church that is not content just to, to sit and soak, but you actually get out and, and you serve. As Pastor Chach referred to, whether you serve on, on, on the weekend experience here, by the way, it takes 80 people for each service here to volunteer to serve to make it happen 80 80 are you one of those see how worked that in just kind of just set you 80 people but anyway the people that served this last week he was awesome he's absolutely incredible so um yeah special shout out to my stylist today annie brown annie dressed dad today this is you're this is this is my birthday suit this is my birthday suit so uh, annie thanks for the new kicks and uh for sure pastor chase what is going on over there hey we wrap this series up head on a swivel and it has been absolutely incredible to hear stories about how you guys are being used by god wherever your travels have taken you this summer whether that be here in bernie or whether that be to colorado anybody go to colorado this summer whether that be yeah anybody want to go back to colorado yeah come on um Wherever our travels have taken us this summer, it has been really cool for us to hear stories, see pictures of how you guys are looking for needs around you, seeing people that are desperate and hurting and stepping out and responding. You, you, you're, you're letting your light shine, and uh, it has been absolutely incredible. We've, we've talked about things over the last few weeks about how <clears throat> love is to be our priority as the body of Christ. We are to pursue love, not just with one another, but we're to, to love others around us we we, we've talked about how how this love that we possess and that we should be pursuing is going to require us to to take action when we when we see these needs around us and see people that that could use some assistance it's going to require us to to step out we we ask you this question hey to what lengths to to what lengths would you go to help someone or to what lengths would you go to, to 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 save someone we challenged you, reminded you that, that our neighbors, they're hurting. They're hurting. The people around you are hurting. But we can help them. We can help them. So t- today, I want to I wrap up with, with a story from Scripture that, um, again, is going to be familiar to, to many of us. It's, it's, it's a story, though, that maybe we don't spend a lot of time in looking at it. Maybe from the angle that we're going to come from today, um, and, and I just got to be honest with you, I, um, I, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around this story. It, it's hard for me to, to, to place myself in, in this scenario that I'm going to describe to you today, and it's hard for me to just, to understand it all. You you ever wrestle with trying to understand things sometimes, and why or how? And and I think we can drive ourselves crazy. And and this is in in trying to understand some things. This is one of those such stories for me, for me. But it's a powerful story that we find in the book of Luke, chapter twenty-three. Now I want to I want to set the scene for you this morning before we start reading from the Word. Jesus has been arrested, and he's been falsely accused. And he's been sentenced to death, death on the cross, crucifixion. The cruelest, most painful way that anybody in, the, in this time could, could have died. The most humiliating death that a person could have experienced. This was not something that happened quickly, such as a beheading or whatever. This was a long, drawn-out, painful Death. And in Luke chapter 23, we're finding that this is the scenario that our Savior Jesus finds himself in. We, 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 we know that, 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 that the soldiers had a field day with his body, didn't they? That they beat him. That they made fun of him and mocked him by, by fashioning a crown of thorns and placing it on his head and driving it into to his scalp. We know that they, they, they put a mock robe on him and parade made him parade around in, in front of thousands of people that lined the streets of Jerusalem. And, and, and if that was not bad enough, he actually had to be the one to bear, to carry this tool, this implement that would take his life, the cross. We know that as he made his way through the streets of Jerusalem to a place that they call Golgotha, Calvary, or the place of the skull. This was a place where where crucifixions took place quite often. And bodies would lay there on that hill. It was a place of death. No one ever survived the events there, only spectators. Spectators. And we know that as our Savior Jesus carried that cross through the streets of Jerusalem that day, bloodied and tired, being made fun of, we know that that he couldn't make it all the way. And so they pulled a man from the crowd, Simon of Cyrene, and they asked him, Hey, why don't you carry this cross the rest of the way? And they made their way to, to the hill, to Golgotha, the place that our Savior Jesus would die. I want to begin reading to you in Luke chapter 23, verse 32 the rest of the story it says that there were two others both criminals that were led out to be executed with him when they came to the place called the skull they nailed him to the cross and the criminals were also crucified one on his right and one on his left and jesus said father forgive them for they don't know what they are doing and the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice the crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. And they called out to him, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was a sign that they, they, they fastened above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Well, prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man, he hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Father, I pray that you would move in a mighty way in this moment. Father, as we open up your word and as we allow truth to be revealed to us, Lord, I pray that you would do a great work in our lives. Holy Spirit, come and move. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There were three men that went to Golgotha this day. One was Jesus. Scripture says that the other two were thieves that were crucified with him. These two men were both criminals of, of some sort. We, 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 we don't have the, the ledger as to what their crimes were that, that, that was worthy of their death, but we just know that, that they're criminals. And, and Luke uses a word here in, in, in Luke chapter 23, a word that simply means he called them evildoers. Matthew and Mark, if, if you were to read the same story, use, use a different word, words that mean robber or a word that means plunderer. It, it, it's, it's also helpful for us to know something about, about these two criminals that hung on one on the left and one on the right side of Jesus that day. You see, just as the soldiers and even the spectators gathered at the, on the hill that day were mocking Jesus, these two criminals at the, first, at the beginning of this ordeal were also shouting insults at him. Anyone that was there, anyone looking at at the scene shortly after 9 a.m. would have considered that these two thieves that morning were equally scornful of Jesus, the man that was hanging on the center cross. But something began to change in one of them. Now, Scripture is clear that, 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 that both of these men, and even the, the one that, that something began to change within, they both were vicious, they were violent, and yes, they were guilty. But there's not even a hint that, that they were wrongfully accused as, as many in our day and age were, and as Jesus was even in this story. This one that began to change, he, he was guilty, he was a criminal, he was tried, he was convicted, he was sentenced by death by the most pen, Despicable means possible. Surely this guy would not be confused as being a good guy. He was bad. He was bad. And what was coming to him in their culture, he deserved. But as he hung on the cross that day, something began to stir Within him. This one who who had just a, a few moments earlier was participating with, with the group, were, 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 was doing the same thing that others gathered that day were doing, hurling insults and making fun of and scoffing at Jesus. Something began to change in this one thief's heart. You see, the Spirit began to do a great work in his heart. And in the moments before his death, there is a change that takes place in this man the words of scoffing, the words of insults that he was hurling at Jesus' way, the words begin to soften a little bit. And this man began to see his need, ah, oh, for the Jesus hanging in the center of that cross. And this, For the very first time, this man's spirit became alive. You see, we read that this man began to ask Jesus... To remember him. This man in that moment began to declare that maybe the sign that hung above Jesus' head that he was indeed the king of the Jews. This man, you see, I believe, he believed it was true. Surely he was was not a person worthy of love and acceptance, but he asked Jesus to accept him. And you guess, guess what Jesus did? He did. He accepted this man. In this moment, what makes this so hard for me, as I declared earlier, it's so hard for me to to imagine that in this moment, Jesus hanging there on the cross and his head is still on a swivel. He's still looking for those in need of a Savior. He's still looking in the faces of those that stood there that day accusing him. He's looking in the faces of the very ones that caused him to hang there in excruciating pain. Are you beginning to see this? You see in the middle of this excruciating death after his flesh had been ripped from his body as a result of the beating. After after, being dra- after dragging this heavy cross that he was carrying for miles. Then having those large nails driven in his hands and in his feet. What we find about this incredible savior named Jesus is that he's still demonstrating love even in this moment. And not only is he demonstrating love, guys, listen, he's demonstrating love to a thief. One that has been labeled and written off by the culture. One whose whose life is about to end. But yet Jesus is showing love to him. That might be a word for someone in this house today. Because you feel as if maybe you've been written off by culture as well. You may feel that your past is so sordid and dirty. You you, you don't know enough. You've been told these negative messages about yourself for all of your life. And you've bought in it and you just feel maybe you're not worthy of such love. I'm telling you, we have a Savior that is alive today and his head is still on a swivel and he's looking for you. He loves and he saves. Man, what a Savior. We learn something about our Lord from, from, from this story, these, these, these few verses here. Though the, 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 the crowd was taunting him to come down, he, he would not take a detour from this incredible rescue mission that he was on this rescue mission for the human race. Listen, if He would have come down off of the cross that day, all of us would still be lost. Do you hear that? Rewind the tape. If He had come down from the cross that day... All of us would still be lost. You see, because our salvation is not based on anything we do or what we deserve. It's all based on what Jesus did by dying on the cross. Are you with me today? Somebody better wake up or we'll keep going. Thank God he stayed on that cross and died for us. Verse 39 in that passage that I looked at, this, this one thief, there were two thieves that day. There was, they, they were both were, were worthy of death, I guess. But there was that one that said, hey, listen, if you're the Messiah, if you're the Messiah that you say you are, hey, why don't you prove it by, by saving yourself? And, and oh, by the way, in the process, why don't you take care of us too, big guy? If you really are. Who you say you are? Prove it by saving yourself. Listen, Jesus' intention was never to save himself. His intention was to save you. That's why he hung there that day. Do we not think that the one who, who tells the, the, the storm to be calm do, do we not think that the one who, who calls a dead man from, from, from the grave back to life? Do, do we not think that the one who, who touches the leper's skin and his skin is whole and healthy? Do we not think that the one who, who takes some dirt, pff, spits in it, makes mud, and puts it on the blind man's eyes and gives himself? Do we not think that he could, have, he could have saved himself this day? Come on. This is Jesus. He could have called an army to rescue him. He he could have with just one wink or, or, or just a snap of whatever to say, Lord, take this from me and wipe all of these people out. He could have done that, but he didn't. Aren't you thankful that Jesus died on the cross for you and me? You see, friend, I'm telling you, that is the only hope we have in this world. It is not in some political leader. It is not in how big your bank account is. It's not in if you are voted most popular or most likely to succeed. Your only hope in life, the only chance you have is in Jesus' death on the cross. Come on. I'm thankful that my Savior went to Is that a hard story for us? Absolutely. Does it wrench my heart and hurt me as I see my Savior hanging there? Absolutely. But I am so thankful that he he kept to the Father's plan. And he went all the way for you and I. You see, the great salvation that is ours in Christ is 100% dependent on what Jesus did for us this day on the cross at Calvary. This means that there is nothing you or I could ever do to deserve or earn salvation. Are you with me? You can't be good enough to earn your way to heaven. Do you hear that? You can't be good enough to earn your way to heaven. You can't go to church or synagogue or worship enough to earn your way to heaven. You you can't memorize the Bible and be able to quote it frontwards enough in order to earn your way to heaven. The only hope that you and I have of an abundant life here on earth and an eternity set in heaven with our Lord and Savior Jesus is through his death on a cross. You see, we didn't deserve this life. We didn't deserve eternity with him in glory. That's why when we begin to realize that his love is open to all people... If there's anyone that probably could have had an ounce of prejudice, it was Jesus probably in this story, wouldn't it? I mean, these guys had just been making fun of him, the one on the right and the left. The the, the people present, most of them were against him. If there's anyone that that deserved to, to maybe have just an ounce of, I'm not doing anything for you, it would have been Jesus here in Luke 23, but oh. That's what makes him God and us not, (laughs) because Jesus is so different than us, isn't he? And even in this moment, he's loving the thief. He's loving those present, those that were most despised. He's loving them. On those three crosses at Calvary, three men died that day. One robber died in his sin. Another man, the Son of God, who hung on that middle cross, he he died to pay the penalty for sin. And that third man, that thief, well, he was redeemed that day from his sin. His sin, his debt paid in full. And in that moment, that day, on his deathbed, you might say, He became a part of the family of God. Now be careful. Because for some of you going, that just doesn't seem fair. This man lived all of his life without. And you're telling me that in that final moment, him calling out and and, and asking Jesus to remember him and, and, and basically inviting Jesus to come in, you're saying that was enough? Absolutely, I can't wait to see this guy in heaven. I want to talk to him. Be interesting. What's in this for us? Why, why, why this story today? Well. How does this tie in and wrap into this series, Head on a Swivel? What, what is the takeaway for us today? To me, it's really simple. I just want to remind you what it says in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Don't you just wish there were some verses in the Bible that weren't there? <laughs> this is one for me. And especially when, when I remember what I've just looked at in Luke 23 if, if, if you we must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had okay Jason that's cool but but when that verse was written, they, they didn't know the culture we were going to be living in today. They didn't know how rude and ugly and mean people were going to be. They, they didn't know how the atrocities taking place and you're telling me you're, you're, you're telling me that, that we're to respond to people, we're to respond to the thieves in our culture today the same we're to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I, I'm no great theologian and, 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 and I did finish college, not at the top, D, D is good enough to get through, D for degree, amen, come on anybody, but listen, I can even read this, even after all those blows to my head from athletics, I've got to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. At the time of his greatest pain, his greatest suffering, the time of, of the greatest suffering any human being has ever experienced. Listen, he in this moment, he's carrying the sin of the world. He's dying on the cross. And what is he doing? He is still all about other people. That makes me feel like a jerk whenever I have my checklist and criteria that I have to check off before I respond to some situations. Some of you are like that. We see a need, our heads on a swivel, boom, we focus on one. Okay, well let me, okay. What's the potential outcome if I jump in right here? How long do I think this is gonna take? It's hot, will I get sweaty? Are there other people watching? Um, will I catch a disease? Will their sin rub? And aren't we like that? We we go through our criteria that we've set up our checklist before we ever decide. Listen, in the middle of his agony, he's making sure this day that while well, his mother's being cared for, this is your mother. Woman, this is your son. Remember that? He's making sure as he's hanging there on the cross that his mother's being cared for. He's, he's reaching out, as I said, to this, this thief on the side of the him. He, you know what else? He's asking for, Father, please forgive them, for they know. Who prays that in this moment in life? When you're dying, when you're laying there naked, when you're being ridiculed and made fun of, I don't know, but all I know is it says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Is that hard for anybody but me? It's hard. Here's what I do know that if we're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to be like Jesus, you can't be so busy that you can't stop for someone in need. That need may be a physical need. It, it may be a, a financial need. It might be some emotional need. It might surface through some an, an email that somebody fires off to you. It might surface through a phone call that you receive. Or it just, just might be a prompting of the Holy Spirit God laying someone on your heart who he knows needs, needs you. You. You see, Jesus' rescue mission that day was to die for the sins of the world. We are now the rescuers, and our mission is to rescue people. And so don't shrug these opportunities off. Don't just keep running your marathon. Do what your Savior did. Stop for that person. Who 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 needs help or attention? Stop for that person who who needs a hug. Hey, will you stop and pray for a person that needs prayer? Will you give someone some praise? Anybody needs some more praise and encouragement in your life? Come on. Stop for them. Church, listen, while others are walking by or walking away, you be the one who walks in. Have the same attitude that Jesus had, oh come on, Whew. let me ask you a question this morning, make it a little bit more personal, if you had only a few hours to live, much like this thief on the cross that day, if you had only a few hours to live, and if and if you were not a believer in Jesus Christ, you would not, you've not placed your faith and trust in Him, you've not asked Him to come in and be Lord and Savior of your life, let me ask you this, Where would you look to find comfort and hope? Where are you? Someone's here today and you're just like what I just described. You've never asked Jesus to be Savior. You've never given Him your life and submitted to Him. You know about Him. You've heard some stories. You've been to church at Easter. You know but for whatever reason, you've never, you've never let him be Lord of your life. Where are you looking to find comfort and hope today? Is it in your accomplishments? Is it in your friend group? Is it however many people on Facebook or Insta or who use Snapchat? Who, who, where are you looking? You just gonna work harder? Where's that getting you? You counting on, on some political figure, world people? Where are you looking? for comfort and hope. I'm telling you, I'm praying for someone in this house today that you would come to the realization that you're just like that one thief. And in your moment of desperation which you're in right now, I'm praying that you would look to Jesus and you would declare this man was the Son of God. Surely this man, he was the King of the Jews. I'm telling you, he is the Savior of the world. And whether you want to acknowledge it now or not, every knee will bow before him. He is the lion and he is the lamb. He breaks chains. He sets captives free. He brings healing to those who need it. He helps those who are hurting. He brings comfort and peace. He answers questions. He is our purpose. And I'm telling you, he is the king of kings. And there's someone here today that needs to say yes to him. Do you realize that with just one touch from Jesus today, your life can change? Do you realize that with just one touch from Jesus, every burden you carry can be washed away? Do you you realize that with just one touch from Jesus today, whatever mountain you're facing, I'm telling you, it can be obliterated. Jesus is more than enough, no matter where you're at and what you're facing today. Do you believe that? I'm just wondering if you said yes to him. Will you receive him? Will you say yes to Jesus? Will you say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I am asking you right now to come into my life and take away my sin. I love what it says in Psalm chapter 32, verse 1. It says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. That can be you today. Listen, it's not, it doesn't matter how you've started and how you've lived your life so far. Will you in this moment say yes to Jesus and give him control of your life? I'm praying that for you. He's here. He's here. And Father, I'm praying right now, God, that in this moment that we would see our need for a Savior. God, thank you for the reminder today that you love. Even in that deepest, darkest moment of your life, God, you still offer love and grace and forgiveness of our sins. And I'm praying, God, for that person right now. Oh, Jesus, touch someone today and set them free. In Jesus' name.